0: There was an idea.
1: Ormamo, I come to bargain.
2: Before we get started,
1: does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out.
2: i the further fascinated. Are you Tony's stank? I am Iron Man.
3: Assemble. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we have a real treat for you guys today because we're all here. The boys are back again. We've got Peaches, we've got Chris, we got Robbie for the first time in what feels like forever. We're all here. What's going on, guys? This is crazy.
1: The boys for are
2: the back For the first time in forever. Yeah, oh, I like you
3: guys, yeah, you guys went in different song <laughs> directions. You're doing way better. <laughs>
2: Uh, what, what were you doing, Peaches? I missed it. The boys are back in town. Oh, that that's was, where my brain was. That's that, where my brain went at first, and then he said for the first time in, it feels like forever, like, uh-oh. My inner Disney princess is about to come out. Oh,
3: no. You know, I'm really, really sad I missed last week's episode, because it was absolute nonsense, and it... I don't know if you guys remember, but on the episode prior, I that said what exactly what I wanted out of the what if episodes was nonsense. And the very Ooh. next week, that's what they gave me, and I was really happy about that. Man, that sh- that episode was bananas and made notes. An yeah. It was great. It was
2: great. I thought of you watching it just because you said, "I want looney Tunes," and then there were like direct Looney Tunes <laughs> homages. I'm like, yep, this is the Eduardo episode. It's
3: perfect. That episode is perfect. If you want to support the show? You can do so over at patreon.com slash assembly required. Uh, that's where you can get all of our f- quick uh, thoughts on any MCU property or just Marvel property coming out. If you want to hear what Chris has to say about Venom Let There Be Carnage with his first impressions,
2: that's where you can do it over at uh, over at our patron-exclusive Discord. Yeah, no one's talking about that movie with me, except for the people that I'm talking about it with in other places who are also in the Discord. And or people that I saw it with who are also in the Discord. So all, if you saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage, give us five bucks so we could talk about it. <laughs> Pay a premium
1: so we can talk to you. Please.
3: I just
2: really want to talk about this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh,
3: so day, today we're going to talk all about What If Episode 8, What If Ultron 1, Uh, So we'll start at the top. The Watcher tells us this particular story breaks his heart as we are taken to a ruined city in the winter. The episode opens with a dramatic action sequence where Natasha Romanoff is escaping on motorcycle from an army of Ultron sentries while Clint Barton picks them off. Hawkeye is knocked off a building by one of the sentries and is cornered, but Nat finishes them off. All right, real quick. That man should be dead. (laughs) that man fell off a multi-story building he should have splatted on the ground and he didn't because it's a cartoon i get it that man should be dead i just want that second let the record show
1: you can't say because it's a cartoon he wouldn't splat because this exact series is where all these people are blowing up in every episode good point or we wouldn't have danny's lament
2: you're right good point hawkeye should have blown up
1: (laughs) we should have had a danny's lament about (laughs) hawkeye (laughs)
2: Hawkeye should have landed on the ground and immediately exploded in a fireball for no apparent reason. <laughs> yep,
1: yep, I agree. Much like Looney Tunes.
2: <laughs> no, Hawkeye should have walked off the building and then uh, looked down and realized he was in the air, <laughs> held up a sign that said yikes, and then followed down. <laughs> yeah. And then exploded.
0: And then
1: in the background, we hear like, meet me.
2: Meep. <laughs>
0: that was a good goofy. That That's was actually. A lot of goofy. Oh, thanks.
3: Once the sentries are destroyed, Black Widow explains the sentries were seconds from reconnecting to the Ultron Hive mind and alerting them to the location of the two heroes, Moscow, Russia, where Nat hopes she can find a solution to Ultron. Um, I wonder, I wondered this while I was watching, but what is keeping these people going? Like, is literally just killing
0: Ultron what is keeping them going? Because the rest of the planet is dead. Yeah, is it literally just the two of them? Like, they're the only ones alive, like, and they just want revenge? I don't... Yeah. They're don't Avengers. <laughs> ah, yes. yes. They're not going to save you, but they're
3: damn sure going to avenge you.
1: Maybe, like, why <laughs> the last man, in a way, where they, they got to kill the Ultron bots, and then they got to repopulate the planet, except it's just the two of them. Then you get the the ship that, that ah, you, a, so many people always fiction. wanted, you know? The Hawkeye and Nat. I don't know why I used an alias and a real name. It doesn't matter. We do this all the time.
3: I actually don't want that ship so i'm glad it doesn't happen
1: i don't mean everybody does but a lot of people do
3: i i think i don't know if we've said this on this podcast but i think it is good that hawkeye and black widow don't have a relationship like that because uh it is unfortunate how in a lot of properties they immediately try to put together any male and female who have any sort of relationship together Mm -hmm. and so it is nice to have a relationship like this one where there's not some sort of forced relationship being grown in there that they're just friends
2: mm-hmm. yeah I like I like that they are best friends but he also has a very stable happy family life yeah elsewhere but they're so close that she's the only other person who knows about it and, you know they his kids consider her like their aunt you know that, that's it's fun you know it, it's always nice to see them defying the when Harry met Sally school of thought hey
1: man. If I learned anything from How I Met Your Mother, you can eventually get with your aunt.
2: Well, uh, what I learned from How I Met Your Mother is that eventually wait. you're going to get with Maria. No, you
1: can eventually get with who your kids consider your aunt. <laughs>
2: I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, God, no, I just realized...
1: <laughs> I knew what I meant. I just didn't say it correctly. So, wait a second. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Wait like
2: just a minute.
1: Here. Someone yeet me off of this planet. Well, yeet you know, it's only if it's gross
2: if it's an aunt... By blood. and by marriage, fair game. Sure. Still gross, but in a different way. Right.
1: Oh, step aunt, no. I'm stuck in the dryer. <laughs> <What>? Jesus <laughs> Take, it away. Take it away from here.
3: Taking it away to the watcher telling us that in this timeline, Ultron was able to successfully upload to the body that would have become Vision without interruption. While the Android body and the power of the mind shown with the android body and the power of the mind. So an Ultron is able to kill the bulk of the Avengers in a final battle, then gains control of the nuclear codes. The only two he can't kill, apparently, are the two weakest ones.
2: The <laughs> murder bot... While well, they were in the air when it happened, so right. they avoided all the bombs. Ah, yes, conveniently. <laughs> it's, it's like if your plane's crashing and you jump right before it hits, and uh, you're going to be fine.
3: Mm, yep, that mm. makes sense. Like that uh, that video of the two airplanes that hit each other. Do you guys is what I'm talking about? It's like the viral video right now with the two airplanes. Amazing Spider-Man 2. No, I'm talking about real life, where the two oh, airplanes, no. like, it's like uh, people parachuting, and the, they, like, get close to another plane, and the two planes, like, collide.
2: Yes, I did see that. Oh, God.
3: Is that a real oh. thing that
2: happened? Yes. I, Look, I have...
3: Remind me run, run after co- this, I'll show you the video.
1: That's
0: terrifying. Yeah.
2: I have recurring nightmares about, not about planes crashing, but about planes not being able to stay in the air. There's a distinction. You know, it's like, I have a, a like... It will either be that the plane is taking off and then it doesn't quite achieve it and it just kind of starts bouncing or stuff like that. I, it's a recurring dream. I don't know what that says about me. I should talk to a psychiatrist. Mm. Or something. Yeah, I don't need any um, more
1: airplane terrors. I already mm-hmm. am very afraid of flying.
2: And the thing is, I'm actually fine on actual airplanes. Uh, you know, I'll think about a little bit we're taking off and then I'm fine. You know, once we get once we like reach cruising altitude, I'm cool and calm. But, you know, those dreams kind of live in my brain. So, like, when you're first taking off, it's like, uh...
1: Yeah, I fly very fine. differently than you guys do. I don't yeah. I mean, I, Eduardo's flown with me before, so I think he knows. I, I will try to pull an all-nighter before my flight so that I am as tired as I can be. I will pack two hours before my flight, uh, and then I get on the plane and I try to get asleep as fast I'm as I am. the same. Also,
0: I've flown with you, too. I was just a few rows behind you.
1: Yeah, you probably heard me snoring. <laughs> <laughs> sorry
3: the murder bot launches the world's supply of nuclear warheads across the planet causing a global apocalypse and ushering in a nuclear winter from the safety of the Quinjet because that's how that works Hawkeye and Black <laughs> Widow watch the destruction across the globe while Barton realizing his family will be taken with it Ultron stands to enjoy his victory but is interrupted by the arrival of Thanos wielding an infinity gauntlet missing only the Mind Stone Uh, A lot of logistic questions with this, Chris. A lot of interesting... uh, I mean, I think we can also just add in the next line here real quick. Anyway, Ultron immediately cuts Thanos in half and takes the Mind Stone. Like, a lot of logistic questions, like, (laughs) if that was an option the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, uh, could Vision have just yeeted
0: Thanos the whole time? Right, is that what this is telling me? That Vision would have just ended it? Because, first off, this is a hilarious moment. He Indiana Jones, Thanos. But yeah, I was wondering, like... Uh, But a lot of logistical
3: questions kind of come up with Thanos and this episode in general. Yeah,
2: yeah. I guess I'll address that one first, because I didn't even think about this when I was writing the notes. But I guess you could write it off as Vision in Infinity War. A, might have been in a weakened state from the fiddling around Shuri was doing in his brain. Um, But also, Thanos was more prepared for it. Yeah. This seemed like a Thanos wasn't prepared. He walked in and he's like, oh, Earth is... Who's this guy? Zap the ant. Uh, so maybe he caught him off guard. I have a little trouble believing that, but I guess roll with it because this is the story they're telling. It's got to be Ultron as the ultimate baddie. Uh, more questionable, I guess, and this gets to something we've talked about in a lot of episodes, is what really changed in this episode? And... Supposed to be, what if Ultron won? But Thanos seems to be on a completely different timetable than he was in the uh, the normal MCU. Uh, he must have also obtained the stones in a different way. So he shows up on Earth three years early because I'm assuming that this happens right around this when Age of Ultron is happening. He he launches the nukes because I, I imagine when Ultron got the Vision body, the war against Ultron didn't last three more years. So Ultron launches the nukes, world ends, Thanos shows up while, while Ultron is savoring his victory and he has all the stones. Uh, He shouldn't have all the stones by this point because we know he didn't start collecting them personally until after age of Ultron, as we see happen in, uh, in infinity war, which is definitely later than age of Ultron. No question about that. Uh, He has also, we see that Xandar is fine, but he has the Power Stone. Uh, this is after Ultron gets all the stones. He goes to Xandar. Xandar is fine when we have heard that Xandar was decimated so Thanos could get the uh, uh, the, the Power Stone. Not decimated. I'm no. sorry. Yeah, I, need, I think I, I need know.
3: to clear that up on this podcast <laughs> because we've been real anal about the word decimate. And decimate has multiple... Uh, yes. definitions. No, I'm going to be anal about it forever. <laughs> the
2: literal origin of decimate was when uh, Roman soldiers would kill one out of every ten of like the captured armies, I believe. Uh, so that's where it comes from. Decimate. D-E-C. Ten. Tenimate. Uh, yeah, but um, it has come in modern parlance to just mean like a big destruction. Yeah. Yeah, language evolves. We don't necessarily need to be prescriptivist about it. Words have um, meaning. <laughs> now, uh, also, the Guardians are together. All the Guardians, including Gamora, they're at the Sovereign uh, when the Ultrons attack, which that actually lines up with about where they would have been during Age of Ultron because it's probably around the same time as Guardians Volume 2. Uh, but how did Thanos get the Soul Stone without Gamora? First of all, what did he sacrifice? And second of all, would the Guardians not have stepped in when Thanos is out collecting the stones? Would the Guardians not have found out and tried to do something about it? Not saying they would have succeeded, but if they didn't succeed, chances are they're dead. So how are they even around to be at the Sovereign during all this? So, so just, I get that... You only have 30 plus minutes to somehow get Ultron all of the Infinity Stones because that's what this episode was wanting to get to is what if Ultron became the Infinity Gauntlet basically. So you had to cut some corners, but it just feels like too much fudging. I feel like they cheated a little bit from the normal premise just by fudging the timeline there a little bit. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I think uh, a, a weakness of this show and what is a strength and a weakness is how... Closely, it ties to the MCU. We've talked about it on episodes prior, but there, I think, when the shows are too close to the MCU, you can start to see some of the cracks because they are going so closely with uh, a source material. So, there can sometimes be a negative side effect to them being so close to the MCU because you start to, you know, start to be able to piece together things like that. Like, how should this be possible? How should this? And you know, because they are doing such a wacky, zany thing, sometimes they have to kind of hand wave a few things to make things make sense.
1: I, th- I have some answers for these ones. Uh, I'll be the I'll be the straight guy on this one. Um, okay. First question was um, about Vision's ability to cut or vi- Vision's willingness to cut Thanos in half. I just don't think the good Vision that we have, the hero Vision that we have would have had the mentality of, I will just cut that. Like, because we had the scene in Infinity War where there are eight heroes who cannot get Thanos' gauntlet off because they're not willing to just cut his damn hand off and take the gauntlet. Like, Vision was not there with them, but my point is that in our universe, Vision's a hero and his moral compass is not going to allow him to slice Thanos in half with the gem in his forehead. Um, Mm -hmm. The other answer that I might have... Is that maybe this is not the only what like maybe um vision nope, maybe Ultron using Vision's body is not the only what if in this universe. Maybe another what if has to do with just Thanos not being lazy, right? We talked about that in previous podcast episodes where like if he would have just got off his ass and got the infinity stones, he probably could have done it a lot faster than just waiting around for his minions to do it and maybe he sacrificed um, the other sister. Oh my gosh, Nebula. Nebula. Maybe he sacrificed Nebula instead of Gamora, you know? I don't know if if the same amount of love is there, but you know, still a daughter in his eyes in in RMCU, so maybe that's how he got the Soul Stone.
0: That one does make sense to me.
1: Those are all the answers. I, I don't have any other answers.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree with both of you um or or both uh, eduardo and chris i i really do peaches well no 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 no. yeah you made a lot of (laughs) sense um but i'm they're kind of on different sides of this um i think we do have to i like that they're they're being you know zany weird they're not concerning themselves too much in the 30 minute cartoon with oh does this make sense that said I'm a little bit worried that they're going to try and make sure that we all like, but this is part of the multiverse and this does connect to her. And if they do that, then I think Chris's concerns then start to make it kind of fall apart and I do start to worry about it. Um In just the context of this cartoon on Disney Plus, though, I'm I'm fine with kind of I I am fine with two things. I am fine with us as viewers being okay with this and just kind of letting it slide, and I'm fine with us then getting on a podcast and ripping it to shreds <laughs> as we overanalyze it and then give it a good rating anyway. I'm fine with both of those things. Can I be
3: honest with you guys? Mm-hmm. No. I know that we are... Thanks. <laughs> I know that we are... Us, please. ...still going to get a couple more movies about this, and it's going to be a big thing in the MCU moving forward. I'm a little fatigued with the whole multiverse thing already yes i feel like we have been building to the multiverse since far from home and every time we get a new marvel property we go "Oh, this is it this is how we finally get the multiverse and it feels like we've been talking about the multiverse for forever and i wish that there was something else for us to talk about anything else for us to talk about but it feels like the multiverse is the thing right now and like the Infinity Stones were cool because you had other protagonists or other antagonists and other things happening, and then an Infinity Stone would end up just, just sort of being there. Whereas because of the design of what the multiverse is, it has to be the central figure of whatever your your property is. And so what if, I think, very specifically has to be about the multiverse, but I think that we there's been a little too much of multiverse, and part of that is is fan theories in general, yeah. trying to like stick the multiverse in where it doesn't belong. But
2: because when you step back, there've actually only been two things about the multiverse, and it's the last two things that have happened.
3: Well, yeah, Far from, from Home was the first little... one to introduce the multiverse, and then they lied. But yeah, that's where that's where it first happened. So I would consider yeah. Far From Home also part of it.
2: Okay, I... see, I, I didn't count that, I guess. But but now but now we do know that definitely the next Spider Man, definitely Doctor Strange loki and loki season two what if anything that has to do with kang
1: i mean while we're while we're here being honest i have two things to say to that is i i wonder if if the um over what seems to be the two main overarching stories of the mcu so far right the first set of phases was the infinity stones this phase seems to be centered around multiverse at least near the beginning I wonder if somehow it was successful doing this in the opposite order if we'd think the same thing about the infinity stones now like if people would be because the Marvels the the MCU's been around for so long and people are there's a lot more fans of it now like would we have the same amount of like uh, constant drilling from the internet about oh this is how they're gonna get this infinity stone and I bet this is how they're gonna get this infinity Stone because in the beginning it was more like, We're not really sure if this is going to be successful, but we like where this is headed, and here's some ideas. And now it's like everybody on the internet has an opinion about Marvel, so they're just going to... Because here's my second thing, while we're being honest. I, at this point, we pretty much know that the two other spider man are going to be in the third Spider-Man movie, but part of me really wanted the majority of the internet to be wrong just so they were wrong like oh, I, I've, I've thought that before yeah, about many I, things. I wanted all three spider-men in one movie too but i cared more about everyone on the internet who was so sure of themselves being wrong that i was a, almost a little bit upset when that footage of um of um alfred molina no 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 not alfred molina um Andrew Garfield when that footage of Andrew Garfield when he's like no I'm definitely not in the movie even though there's a clip of him in the movie like I was upset
0: because I was like damn it the internet was right (laughs) so peach I'm with you on that I understand where you're coming from the reason I the reason I am okay with it is because I got so much satisfaction out of that same exact thing with WandaVision because I got so much satisfaction out of people saying yep Confirmed, this is how we're getting the (laughs) X-Men. This is my fist girl.
2: Ralph Boner.
1: (laughs) It is satisfying when the internet is wrong, for sure. But, but, uh, I don't know, maybe...
3: Uh, To to your first point, I think that the Infinity Stones, at least the way that they were done in the first two phases, were a lot less intrusive into narrative. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you can have an Infinity Stone be there and it can be a scepter or it can be a tesseract and it can be mm-hmm. this other thing and it doesn't need to be what your movie is about. Whereas the multiverse, because of the nature of the multiverse, has to play an integral part in your story and you have to like explain the multiverse and explain what's happening. And I fear that's another big fear of mine is because we're delving into the multiverse so much that every time we go to the multiverse, we have to explain what the multiverse is because Mm -hmm. each of these movies need to stand on their own.
1: Could be their first movie.
3: Right. And so multiverse of madness, we're going to have to re-explain what the multiverse is. Spider-Man, we're going to have to re-explain what the multiverse is. What if we're going to have to re-explain Loki, once again, we're talking about what the multiverse even is to begin with. And so I think, that can add to some of the fatigue as well, because it's so narratively focused on what that is.
2: Yeah. Because they sort of fell into the infinity stones thing. Right. Like it wasn't planned out at first. Like they got to the point where they were then planning, but it was just sort of a, well, we can make these infinity stones and that works. And each infinity stone being different meant that an infinity stone could show up in its movie for its own purpose. And then come together later in Infinity War and and have it make sense. Whereas the multiverse is just the multiverse. Yeah. Um, Shall I move on to my second point? Since we're actually talking about Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. I don't know if... So this is... This is me doing a thing that I don't like when people do. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. I, I am a person who believes that the MCU does not need to be beholden to the comics rules or anything. But I personally... I'm having trouble with the fact that throughout the years and years of the multiverse being a thing in the comics, and it has always been the implication that across all media, all Marvel stories are part of the Marvel multiverse. So Earth-616 is the main comics, and then there is the Ultimate Comics, but then also there's the universe where the movies happen, the MCU. It's Universe 199999. And then there is the universe that each different Spider-Man movies happen. And the Spider-Verse comics pretty much made that explicit by bringing in 60s cartoon Spider-Man and Japanese TV show Spider-Man and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Spider-Man. Like All of these universes were explicitly brought in. Uh, But a constant rule in Marvel has been that the Infinity Gems or stones do not work outside of their native universe. Uh, and and I also thought that was the implication when we saw the paperweights at the TVA, that those Infinity Stones are outside. Now, maybe that was just supposed to be, hey, the TVA is so powerful that Infinity Stones are worthless here. But mm-hmm. on first glance, to me, having that prior knowledge from the comics, I was like, oh, they're outside the universe, so they don't work. So maybe that was a little bit different. But this is a thing we have seen multiple times in the comics. I think I brought this up before. Uh, the first uh, The first time I could think of is in the Canon, sort of, but not really, Justice League of America Avengers crossover. When Darkseid got the Infinity Gauntlet, but it didn't work because he was in the DC Universe. Uh, So he threw it away. Uh, But also, more recently, uh, in New Avengers in 2013, uh, part of a plan they're having because of some multiversal uh, problem was Reed Richards wanted to use the Infinity Stones. And it was pointed out to him that they do not work outside of their native universe. But there is a line here uh, where uh, whoever he's talking to here, I'm not sure who it is, some being. She goes, the stones will not work outside their native universe, so they have limitations, but the stones will buy you time. So I guess you could write it off as there is some limited power. They're not as all-powerful as they would be in their home universe, but they do have some power.
1: The first thing I thought of when you said, "I'm sorry," the first thing I thought of was the stones will buy you time. And like Reed Richards looks down at the stones, and then he just starts chucking them, like hitting <laughs> like <he's kidding>
3: somebody in <laughs> with rocks.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so I guess the explanation could be that there is some limited power, but they don't have their full potential. But just seeing Ultron crossing through the universes using the Infinity Stones to grant him power doesn't work with the rules that have been established in the comics now again these are the movies and tv shows so the rules could be different it just changes a lot for me it's not so much that it's different from the comics as it is that i thought these were rules that applied to the marvel multiverse and now do we have a different multiverse here i don't know so uh, it just doesn't quite work for me but again you could squint and make it work This is probably me caring too much about minutia, but I just had to get it out there. So Ultron takes the
3: stones and creates an outer suit of armor with the stones fixed to it. Gaining the power of all six Infinity Stones, Ultron realizes that there are more worlds than just Earth and vows to bring peace everywhere. Creating an even larger army of sentries and a mobile attack base, Ultron travels to Asgard, the Sovereign, Sakar and Ego, which is funny because you see Ego's face as he's getting wiped out, it's really funny. <laughs> and wipes them out with little effort, including taking out the Guardians of the Galaxy as they attempt to protect the Habulary batteries. Habulary? Habulary.
0: And you <laughs> and-
3: <laughs> 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 Traveling to Xandar, Ultron is finally stopped by Captain Marvel saying she's the Terminator and doesn't think it needs a sequel who blasts him into the core of the planet, seemingly gaining the upper hand. Slowly, Ultron breaks away from Captain Marvel's grapple, saying he's already hit one.
1: Oh, I know how you do that. If, if you get grappled, you also hit the same buttons at the same time. And right, right, break. Well,
3: and then you do the, the mash, and yeah. whoever mashes the fastest is yeah. the one that wins. You just class. do the single punch over yeah, and over. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's just a strength check contest. That's a good, yeah, yep, ah. yep, yep.
3: Uh, unfortunately, Ultron's <laughs> die is all 20s. uh they then blow up the entire planet from the inside and several other planets around it taking carol danvers with it now we we finally get to see some uh some ultron in there and peaches you were you're a fan of what was happening here
1: oh yeah like i so i guess when you guys know that I, i haven't read a lot of comics i just i i end up learning about the stories as the characters come out right like like most of my intro to Avengers stuff was that game on Facebook that I played so religiously and then like Marvel Puzzle Quest. And then as the MCU came out, like I just got invested in characters. Like I think Bailey and I have a similar research method of characters. Like a character shows up and we're like, Oh, I wanna learn about that and we go down like the wiki Time to know it. everything. Yeah, we have to know everything at <laughs> once. And so I will say I I never read an Ultron comic. I didn't know about Ultron really until the advertisements were starting to roll out for ages of age of ultron um but like as soon as he was uh you know a character that was going to be in the mcu i was really excited for him because the general consensus about ultron is that he is a big bad in the comics and he's just this overwhelming presence and he's really important and blah 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 and then you know as you all probably know from a thousand years ago listening to our age of ultron episodes He just didn't really like Ultron, didn't really deliver the way that probably a lot of fans would have expected Ultron to exist in the MCU, right? So it's like we didn't really get the Ultron that I would have expected to get based on the amount of hype that people were to have this villain. And I think we talked
0: about that, right?
1: Yes. And I think, I think. I like this episode a lot because in a way it sort of feels like they're making up for the fact that Ultron could have been a much bigger, badder, big bad. Um, And he wasn't. And, And this, I feel like they took 30 minutes and they made up for that. Like, hey, we know the age of Ultron wasn't your favorite. It wasn't everyone's cup of tea. For some people, it really was their cup of tea. I don't know. There are people out there that that's their favorite. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, here's thirty minutes. <laughs> what do we do of... with those
3: people? We ask them politely to leave. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like here's thirty minutes of Ultron being the badass that you know he could have been had we taken him a little bit further. And I I think that's cool. I I I still haven't really read any Ultron comics, so I don't know how accurate this version is. But it seems like a much more badass, overwhelming presence of a of a villain that would have suited comic book fans' needs. And I specifically like—I don't know if he ever has this in the comics. I specifically like that he manifests the armor and the cape around himself. But I really like the the like laser lance. Like he has the dual sided mm-hmm. lance that shoots the power stone beam out of it. That's really cool. Yeah.
2: Death Star. This lance. this episode is actually. Not one to one, but it is a closer adaptation of the Age of Ultron comic than Age of Ultron the movie ever even Sound tried. To
0: Lord be. out here undercutting me. Accent. Sorry. <laughs> oh
2: god. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'll...
0: No, no, no. It's fine. I'm joking. Like I was actually, I was gonna say it, but that's totally fine.
2: Yeah, and that's all I got because I haven't actually read Age of Ultron, but I do know that it's, it's about an alternate universe where Ultron wins and takes it's over ex- the world.
0: Extremely dark. Extremely dark. Like not okay. Not not Marvel zombies dark, but it's um sad depressing and yes you're right this is much although he doesn't go wiping out whole planets on the other side of the the universe unless i remember it correctly peach i'm really glad oh go ahead go ahead adoro oh okay peach i'm really glad you um brought it up because that was one of my thoughts and at the end of the frat thor episode i was already thinking it and i just forgot to write it down in the notes but yeah i i love ultron ultron's one of my favorite comic book villains and i'm really sad that he got very little work in the MCU and just didn't live up to what Ultron can be. And I know we kind of discussed, we had the wild fan theory in WandaVision that maybe the director of S.W.O.R.D. was Ultron. And I kind of wanted that to be I true. I about that. Yeah, I kind of wanted that to be true, as wild as it was, because it just really wanted them to find another in route for Ultron. So, yeah, I, I'm with Peaches that this... One of the things I love about this episode is we finally get to see some more Ultron. We finally get to see some Ultron realizing what he's capable of. Uh And yeah, it, sir, only 30 minutes, but it was cool seeing more Ultron.
1: You know what's kind of a cool idea is that because this Ultron... You know, I feel like he's going to get defeated, right? Like, I feel like Doctor Strange mm-hmm. in Part 2 is going to defeat him. But I think there's also a chance that he doesn't get defeated defeated. He gets like stopped and maybe strange reverses time with with the time stone or whatever um but i think it's possible because this show kind of looks like hey these universes are mingling which means these universes could mingle with the one that we know uh what if we get ultron back you know because of this like what if he gets temporarily defeated flees to our mcu and now we have ultron again In some other capacity, I don't know. He could be a recurring villain again. He could, you know, pop in and out every once in a while. Who knows?
3: Yeah, I think that's. People talk about the Marvel villain problem, and I think the real Marvel villain problem is that because the Marvel, the MCU, is so grounded in reality these villains cannot continue to exist at the end of their movies, right? Like They almost always die. That's why they almost Mm -hmm. always die, because they can't. If you... How would Ultron continue to be allowed to exist in the MCU if they didn't literally destroy him, right? Uh, Because he would just infect lots of other computers and immediately do all of that over again. So you have to take him out. Um, And so, maybe a little conveniently, the multiverse thing allows some of these villains to kind of come back uh, and, and, and maybe have a second chance Maybe we get another Ultron I will say Chris is going to talk about this in a second I think people's problem with Ultron are not just about Ultron and how he is written in that movie I, maybe I'm just speaking personally here but the voice acting doesn't do it for me uh, in the original Ultron so I, uh, I think that might be another problem, too, with how Ultron was portrayed, that people weren't, people were either, they either liked James Spader or they were not a fan of James Spader. We could talk about it now, Chris. You weren't a fan of the voice acting in this episode, specifically yeah. James Spader-like, the person who was attempting to do a James Spader. And I talked about this with Peaches as we were watching the episode. I told him, I was like, look, man, James Spader has a very strange cadence to his voice. It is very particular and he mm-hmm. is the only person I've ever heard sound the way that he does. And it's very difficult to do. It's like a, it's like Christopher Walken, right? Like there's only one Christopher Walken. And I, I would even argue Christopher Walken's an easier voice to do because it's so out there and so weird. Um, you
2: can exaggerate it and people know oh, I'm doing Walken because right. Right. I'm talking like this. And you know, like even if it's bad, you know, I'm doing Christopher Walken, but it's hard to do a bad, a bad James Spader is just a, to- weird voice yeah uh yeah yeah because i think he has a unique delivery yeah but it just this is the first episode where i have actually been really bothered and distracted by the fact that they didn't have one of the original actors like I, i can roll with lake bell as natasha but i think like james spader just has such a like you said a unique delivery unique performance that it just didn't feel like that Ultron to me. And it just, like you said, sounded like a bad impression. And, you know, he would have delivered the lines in a more interesting way. I I, I liked James Spader's performance as Ultron a lot more than you did, I think. But I just... It, it was uh, Ross Marquand who did uh, Ultron in this, and he's also the new Red Skull. And I think he does a much better Hugo Weaving slash Red Skull impression. And he's he's a... Talented voice actor. He does a lot of really great impressions, too. He's got videos out there if you ever want to see that. But his his Ultron just didn't quite work for me. <laughs>
3: it wasn't enough Robert California.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it needed to be weirder. Uh, you know, like, if you remember, I put the clip after our Age of Ultron episode where they took the Robert California lines and put them into Age of yes. Ultron. <laughs> I am a. Yeah. See, I'm not even going to attempt it because it would be so bad. I said I am a and got embarrassed. It <laughs> uh, so, so it just, for me, it was the first time that really on this show I'd been like, oh, that's not the real Ultron voice and it bothers me. I could get, I was fine with the close enough Steve Rogers and the close enough Tony Stark. But yeah, this, it was just a bit too much for me. So I, I was distracted for most of the episode at how much it didn't quite, it was it was like, I don't normally uh, reference the show because I'm not a huge fan, but the wrong sounding Muppets from Family Guy, have you ever seen that? Where they're like, oh, no, all the Muppets sound wrong now. And it's like, Waka Waka wants to hear a funny ass joke. and <laughs> Because, you know, exactly when you're- again. Waka Waka. <laughs> Damn. It's getting hot in here, man. I like it when we record in the morning. I sound sexy. <laughs> um, okay, now I'm thinking of that Friends episode where Phoebe gets a cold and I'm just like, oh, I'm so sexy when I sing now. <laughs> um, but, oh yeah, no, I was going to go on from a Muppet tangent, but now I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, oh yeah, but I, I was just really distracted by the off-brand Ultron voice, and that it just didn't help the episode for me. I, I honestly think the episode would have landed better for me. I, I feel st- still thought it was fine, but I do think the episode would have landed better for me if it had been the real Ultron and not the, um, the great value Ultron. I like that. Great value Ultron. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Ultron. <laughs> I
0: The very first line he has somehow hit right and I remember thinking, "Oh, wow, they got James Spader." And then, as the then, like the second time he said anything, I was like, "No, they didn't."
2: <laughs> it's because the first line was literally from Age of Ultron, so he had the delivery; he, he just had yeah, to match you're it.
0: You're right. You're right. Um, I actually like Lake Bell more this episode than I did. I, I was really pretty okay with her. Um, I know I, Scarlett Johansson has to have one of the most unique and recognizable voices in Hollywood, and I know so there's no winning if you're not actually Scarlett Johansson. But I think like Bell did a pretty good job this one. Other than that, I agree with you. It was alarming hearing Ultron not sound like James Spader. What I think they should have done, hear me out, is they should have given him a different voice once he's in the Vision body and just justified it as that is what Vision's vocal cords are built as. And then you don't have to worry about
2: it. But. I would have been okay with you that. Know, I'm actually honestly. kind of upset
3: that you guys didn't talk about this because was a really big representation issue here that they did not actually get an Asian voice actor to play Scarlett Johansson.
2: Lemma well, Stone was busy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Realizing he has finally brought peace to the galaxy. Here's something I want to know about Ultron. So Ultron does not like humans or doesn't like life at all. Like, does O'Shawn not fuck with puppies?
2: Uh, in, in the comics, one of the things is that he, and it's a little bit different, but he does not like organic life, mm. and he wants to replace organic life with the superior artificial intelligence that he is. And obviously, that changed a little bit for the movies. I guess in the movies, it's more he doesn't like life because life creates chaos in his and his twisted mindset is the only way to create peace is to destroy anyone that would cause a threat to peace, which is just life in general. Now, now you're right. I don't know about puppies. I, get, I I guess sentient life would be the threat, and maybe he would. Maybe he would kill all the puppies because <laughs> in the sit absence sit of, our of
1: peaceful ways by force.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe in the absence of sentient like human humans as the dominant species on earth for example that there's the threat that don't know the dogs will evolve and we'll get a planet of the dogs and then they'll have war just like happened to the planet of the apes only with chimps and stuff i don't know
3: yeah i don't think ultron fucks with puppies
2: the watcher's voiceover explains that
3: ultron has begun to realize he's now just a program with a purpose as the watcher talks however ultron becomes aware of his presence and attempts to find him now knowing there is a multiverse to be destroyed Panicked of the ramifications of Ultron's discovery, the Watcher goes to Nat and Clint's search in the KGB archives saying they are the last hope. As they search for the answers, the Watcher struggles, wanting to intervene and help them find the answer, but doesn't. Natasha finds and takes the Red Guardian shield, while Clint loses hope and stops searching. Barton says he's tired and doesn't think there's anything left to fight for, while Romanoff says she's looking for an AI that is not digital that can help fight Ultron. Hawkeye continues to struggle, but Black Widow finds the file on Armin Zola, the hydroscientist scientist whose consciousness she met preserved in a computer in Winter Soldier, and determines that's the answer. As the Watcher breathes a sigh of relief, he is finally found by Ultron, who breaks into the Watcher's hallway between worlds and attacks. Now, was, this is a pretty cool fight. Like, when Ultron is sort of punching the Watcher through different timelines or through different universes, and he's kind of just, like, knocking him through. I think this was pretty cool. This is
2: my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah.
3: Uh, Robbie, you were a fan, right?
0: Yeah, I was. Also, real quick, since you just mentioned it, instead of interrupting you later, uh, when he's punching him through the different realities, did y'all catch one of the realities he goes into?
1: Uh, yes. And you're about to say President Steve Rogers.
0: Oh. <laughs> no, one of the—you're oh. going to go rewatch it now. One of the realities that the watcher gets punched through is Mustafar, complete with Darth Vader's castle.
2: Oh what? my God! Yeah, you know I saw something and I thought, oh, that looks like Star Wars, but uh-huh. I didn't realize uh-huh. that it's Mustafar. Oh my God, Pat Knowles, was right?
0: <laughs> I, did not, I did not
3: notice <laughs> the that. The, the Glove
2: Gauntlet of Boba Fett. Of Boba I think
3: <laughs> Fett. it's funny
0: say that because the, I think it's funny to say that because the first time I was watching, my brain registered like it's almost like the Star Wars alarm in my brain went off, but I don't know why. Like, it's like, I saw Star Wars. A Star I Wars didn't, alarm. Right. But I didn't recognize it until the next time I'm watching it, and he goes, I'm like, that's what it was. That's what triggered the Star Wars alarm. It's Mustafar, and you can see Darth Vader's castle in the background. And Yeah, so they go through Mustafar. Anyway, what well, I actually... Oh, I got
3: yeah. this wrong. I got the fight at the wrong time. Yep, keep going. No,
0: you're fine. Totally fine. Because um, it's going to work here anyway. I really liked the animation in this episode, and I know we have occasionally talked about not liking the animation on some of our other episodes, and... I liked it here. I think what happens is it just fits the Watcher well, the multiversal, the, the 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 glimmering hallway he's in when he's looking at the other multiverses, and it fits the action really well. The And we said that as far back as the very first episode, we talked about how this animation style handles action extremely well, and there's a lot of action in this episode. So I think it fits this episode really, really well. It makes me wonder, and we'll talk more about this in a little while, but... Now that we are seeing that, yes, there's going to be a combined end point for the narrative of this season, it makes me wonder if this is their starting point and they built their animation choices around this point and then just laid that over their other storylines where it it may have had, you know, the flaws more exposed in other episodes. But I did like the animation in this episode and there was one thing I really liked about it is especially in this cosmic fight between the watcher and um oh i also really like by the way the, before i get on that the explosion the explosion when they jump out of the silo has flat colors almost like a cell shaded explosion um it, it like something out of like wind waker that was really cool uh con- very comic booky
3: isn't the show but i think that the maybe i'm wrong but i think that's what they're going i think they're going for cell. i think they've been yes i believe so, so but it works
0: really ride. well in that explosion yeah, yeah. yes um but in this fight between the Watcher and Ultron, one thing I really liked is we get those iconic like black splotches in the the blasts of cosmic energy and the lasers going back and forth between the two of them. Uh, something that if you've if read Marvel comics, you've seen before. And all my brain could come up with was you know the arc, the iconic Marvel black dots. And so I tried to see if I could find anyone who ever talked about these Marvel splotches. There's a Wikipedia entry about them, and I learned some stuff um and some stuff that i'm really really happy about because those black spotches are called the kirby crackle named for um jack kirby uh, he's actually not the one that originally made them he jack crackle uh <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh man i missed the joke oh no <laughs> <laughs> you swizer fault, me um so he's not the first one that used them um uh, some other let's see um Harry Mendrick, a comic book historian, Harry Mendrick traces the style back to the 1940s. Um, oh, no, it was originally Jack Kirby. It just was before he was in Marvel. Never mind, sorry. So, this was created by Jack Kirby as a, as a way to illustrate negative space. Marvel uses it in gunshots, explosions, lasers, but really for cosmic energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very, very iconic part of Marvel comics. If you go and you search Kirby Crackle, you'll see a Silver Surfer comic book cover with uh the watcher of all people uh, in the background and you'll see some examples of um the kirby crackle around i think of it when i think of like the gamma radiation that creates the fantastic four yeah Um, i think of it when i think of you know anytime there's a superhero that's got just powers like molten man how they they show the glow of molten man there's these black dots around him. oh oh um uh the human torch gets a lot of kirby crackle
2: yeah, I, I closely associate it with Silver Surfer because he's one mm-hmm. of my favorites, and his Power Cosmic is almost all Kirby Crackle. Yeah, that and makes sense. They're actually, in the Dan Slot Silver Surfer run, which I highly recommend, they actually explain why his Kirby Crackle looks that way.
0: That's it's really cool. So
2: maybe really nice. there'd be a yeah, little I'd...
3: less Kirby Crackle showing if Silver Surfer actually wore pants. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 uh, there's a... Uh, Bring it to theme parks for. for I was gonna a, bring it to theme parks. Oh, <laughs> then I'll let you do it.
0: <laughs> no, you go uh, ahead. Mute my microphone. I've been ta- now. No, I've been talking too long. You go ahead. You know more. than I was than gonna
2: I say that uh, part of the design of the Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure, uh, there's a part where it transitions from the Avengers stuff to the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction, and if you look at the ground there, there's all these swirls and colors in the ground, and apparently that was deliberately trying to evoke Kirby Crackle.
0: That's really cool. I was actually, so I'm actually glad you did say that. I was going to, all I had to say was apparently they used it in the design of the Avengers campus. I didn't know how. I have been not spoiling myself on Avengers campus. So I don't know that much yeah. about it um, hey, other Kirby than Dr. Strange, What I've seen is really cool, but yeah. So that's a bunch I learned about something I've known about almost my entire life, but didn't know that it has a name or exactly where it was. But um, those Kirby Crackles, I think are really cool. And them using a little touch of comic book, of, and specifically Marvel comic book, and specifically Jack Kirby art, and putting it in this episode, I thought was really, really neat. Made me very happy. Cool.
2: <laughs> That's just for you, Peaches. What's for me? me get that freaky chair.
1: For you to oh, oh, maybe I won't edit it out. Maybe so, people okay. know what happened here. It's a good point. They need to know
2: about this chair. <laughs> yeah. They must know. The Kirby That's why I'm scared My chair is so damn noisy.
0: How would they know?
3: <laughs> All right, Robbie, get off TikTok. In the same base where he found the other super soldiers at the end of Civil War, Natasha and Clint find a computer with Zola's consciousness. The heroes threaten to destroy the computer, saying this is Zola's last remaining copy to convince him to help them. They download Zola's consciousness into a Hawkeye arrow, then call the Avengers Tower to reveal their location to Ultron. Once a group of sentries arrive, the arrow is fired into a sentry, and the robot, now with Zola's consciousness, is dragged into a missile silo to hide from the remaining bots. Now controlling the sentry, but with his leg shot off for safety, Zola attempts to take over Ultron's consciousness, but says he is unable to, as the sentries break through the door and begin chasing the trio up the shaft. Giggity. As they battle upwards, Clint ends up hanging from Nat's arm in a reverse callback to Romanoff's death on Voromir in the main universe. Saying he's tired and doesn't want to fight anymore... Barton pushes off and immediately starts fighting the sentries.
2: <laughs> I'm so tired of partying. I'm going to stop him the only way I know how by Party. partying. Yeah. 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 Two weeks yeah. in a row with a whammy Wazzle. Why is this
1: such a uh, a staple of? I guess I do have something to say here. Why is this such a staple of what if episodes like in the zombie episode? Ultron was oh, I thought like, you're going to say, why is
2: it such a staple that we keep talking about future? No, no,
1: that's not a mystery. It's because <laughs> future is great. Well, vision in the zombie episode is like, I created this problem. I have to stop it by. And then he rips the mind stone out of his head. And Hawkeye's like, I'm so tired of fighting. I guess I'll die. Why, why do we keep doing that in these episodes? Well, like why is that so- why is that the solution? Hey Matt, you're the only people left on planet Earth. Good luck, idiot. <laughs> also,
0: what about that arrow shot could he not have done from a distance? Without falling and then into left. It. <laughs> right? I it makes no
1: goddamn sense. Yeah, I'm with you. It This is one it's of the cold. other ones where
3: I like I think I even paused it and I was like started exclaiming. I was like what is happening right
0: now? Yeah, why Why are we doing this? Why is he? (laughs) I assume they just wanted to invert the Vormir moment because they felt that was important. The Soulstone Stone. Making it make sense wasn't important. They don't
1: need it. They already have it. Yeah, context is
3: important. I wasn't a fan of this. And then he dies as Black Widow and Zola barely escape. Woo. <laughs> Widow asks the AI why he couldn't connect to Ultron, and Zola says the connection is built to span the galaxy, so Ultron must not be in the observable universe. Between universes, a battle rages between Ultron and the Watcher, with the Watcher able to withstand and even counter the powers of the Infinity Stones, though he struggles to do so.
2: Um, so does this make the Watcher the most powerful being we have seen so far in the MCU? Yes,
0: it has to, right? Yeah, I think so. yeah,
2: with Ultron being a close second with the power of the Infinity Stones. But the fact that the Watcher doesn't just die immediately mm-hmm. and is able to get some good hits in and survive all the good hits from Ultron, mm-hmm. and also, and it makes sense. The Watcher is the first true cosmic power. Mm-hmm. That we have seen, and I think we're, I'm excited to start seeing more of those with the Celestials and the Eternals, and I would love for us to start getting into weird stuff like Eternity and, you know, some of the Living Tribunal and some of those other, like, the gods of the Marvel, like the true capital G-O-D gods, who, like, embody concepts more than just, I'm a strong guy with lightning.
1: I'm a strong guy.
2: Thor's famous line. I
1: don't know why I heard <laughs> Bo-Rat when you said it that way.
2: Strong guy!
1: <laughs> With lightning. Very nice.
3: You know, interesting. Um, we haven't talked about Shang-Chi yet. Uh, and we'll, we're gonna... Don't worry, everyone. We're gonna get there. Um, but before that movie, the a trailer for The Eternals played, and my excitement for that movie went from literally nothing to actually really interested in this movie. uh i watched that trailer and i was like wait a second this is what's happening this is what we're doing here this is actually really cool uh because previous to that i had no interest in that
2: movie yeah it's one of those movies where it's like i've been interested because marvel will make anything and i'll be like yeah you know i'm interested to see what they do with it but seeing it and saying oh wow this is the kind of story it's going to be this is the kind of stuff they're going to be pulling in Uh, i am very interested to see how it all comes together Certainly feels like it's going to be one of the more unique chapters in the MCU. Which is great because we just got one with Shang-Chi as well that is unique in a lot of ways. This Venn
1: diagram is too perfect. I have to say this. I don't have an image to point you guys to so that you can make this comparison on your own. But if you've seen Shang-Chi, there is... I'm trying to say this without spoiling. They get to a place where there's a bunch of um, strange-looking animals... And there's one that uh, kind of looks like a horse, and it's blue. And it looks at the camera for a second and has like a um, like a deer-in-the-headlights look. And I see Rob Madden. Is that his name? The guy that's uh, the main, like, Eternal, who was on Game of Thrones? Rob Madden? Is that him? Rob Stark? Rob Stark or whatever Madden. Joe Madden? No, that's... Um, <laughs> Um,
3: um, uh, what's his name? Played by Richard Madden. Richard
1: Madden. I was close. The horse looks like Richard Madden.
3: <laughs> oh, we have the same. Right
0: <laughs> oh, an
2: early bird cameo. It.
0: I just want to say, I've seen Shang Chi, and I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because you
1: have to, you have to actually see Shang Chi.
0: Yeah, yeah, I you
2: need too. to see it when they put the CGI in. Yeah, but like i mean, these like these big dragons. I'm horses.
0: pretty sure I remember Madden's a scene of people reacting to something pretty sure I remember a scene of people reacting to something and there was Try nothing for it to up.
1: see. Try looking it up. Look up shang
0: Blue Horse. Well, there's a whole bunch of Mulan uh, pictures.
1: Uh, let's see if it shows up. I don't know why it would already be on Google. but it,
0: I it don't either, but you told uh, me to do it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't review this well enough before I brought it up. Listen, though.
2: It is called uh, uh, Keeling. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, but it's a mythical creature that first appeared in the commentary of Zuo in the fifth century BC, uh, which is a commentary on another historical chronicle. So yeah, all those creatures, uh, are from ancient Chinese legends. and myths. Oh,
1: perfect. I'm not spoiling. Anything, uh,
2: even, even the ones that I didn't think would be are, uh, there, there are a couple that I definitely recognize, like, you know, the nine tails, yeah. but, uh, <laughs>
1: okay. Um, anyway. I can't find the right. Yeah, so I can't find listening. a. Pi- I can
2: only find a picture of the actual mythological version and not the one from the. Robbie, movie. Robbie, you can back uh, so. me up
1: on this one when you finally go see the full version of the movie. We'll do. Just wait for a moment when you see that blue horse and tell me it doesn't look like Richard Madden.
0: <laughs> okay, now I need to figure out who Richard Madden is,
2: but keep going.
3: Also, the suit of armor the Watcher puts on during these uh, during this big fight, yeah, that was legit. Yeah, that's cool.
2: Yeah, that was pretty awesome.
3: Ultron taunts the Watcher for simply sitting by and watching so many worlds suffering. And the Watcher says he swore an oath to do so. He didn't see it. Do it again. I
1: did. St- yes. Yes. He found it. That's Richard Madden. Put <laughs> okay. that side by side with Richard All right.
2: And- now let me find Richard Madden.
1: <laughs> He's blue. It looks like him. It looks like him. Yeah. Someone make that image a little blue. <laughs> put some whiskers on him yep yep there it is that's the horse
2: he's making the same face
3: <laughs> the battle rages and ultron crashes the watcher through a series of different realities in a new york times square while a steve rogers is being sworn in as president ultron gains the upper hand and begins pummeling the watcher altering which reality they are in with each blow As Ultron finally seems to be able to kill the Watcher, our narrator breaks free, then disappears. Ultron simply responds that it doesn't matter, as no one can stop him now. The Watcher's hiding spot is revealed as the tiny crystal Doctor Strange was trapped in at the end of of his What If episode. Beast Strange. It makes me think that (laughs) it's like Beast from the X-Men mixed with Doctor Strange. (laughs) Uh, Ask the watcher if he is ready to break his oath, and the watcher admits, admits he now realizes he needs Strange's help.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, it's so uncanny. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, I'll stop going on about this horse,
3: Robbie. Everyone was right. They're uh, they're definitely heading in this direction. Um, yeah. Of, I yeah, go ahead.
0: I'll admit everyone was right and i didn't necessarily believe y'all uh partly because i didn't we've done several disney plus shows now of just assuming that there's something bigger going on and then all being wrong so i wasn't ready to believe everyone that they were going to connect all of these stories and that the watcher becoming more prevalent was going to be significant although There was no doubting that the Watcher was becoming more a part of the show. And so that theory definitely made a lot of sense. But I just wasn't ready to jump in on saying, yeah, this is the thing until I saw it. And I saw it in this episode. So everyone's right. Good job. Um, Y'all are great detectives. Also, by the way, while I'm on this, as we have made the Watcher more animated, uh, him, the Watcher, saying, what the hell, was a great moment. (laughs) that's That's not a Watcher line at all. It was great. So, yeah, I I think they did it very well. Chris's questions about the logistics notwithstanding, which I think are valid questions, I like the way this series has handled things, where they're using the multiverse so that they can have these disconnected episodes. These episodes don't connect. They're going to bring them together, it seems, in the finale, and that's going to be fun. That's going to be entertaining. Um, But it doesn't mean that you the episode one had anything to do with episode two, had anything to do with episode three. And so I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the way this show was set up to have these different, wildly different, different tone, different setting, different, uh, reasoning stories, but still we're going to revisit them. It seems and revisit their characters and the results of their storylines here in the finale. Um, you with Ultron. So that sounds really fun. Uh, so that's pretty cool um i don't have much to say and i just wanted to acknowledge that everyone was right and say that i think what if has handled that interconnectivity in a very smart and original way where everything is not directly connected but is going to be brought together in the end
2: my my question is we know we're getting a season two will they be doing a similar arc or will they just go straight anthology next time yeah. because now we've seen the arc it's not going to be a surprise if it all ties together because that's been established as a thing that yeah. can happen and honestly this
0: just kind of connects to our next conversation piece which is what are the ramifications of this how does this connect to future episodes if if mm-hmm. possible um yeah i well, that's, that's what i'm worried about is
1: up. i feel like that's the case for right. all of the disney plus shows at this point though like well yes. there wasn't really a twist with falcon the lunar soldier but like the wandavision jig is up the loki jig is up they're all up like yep. so now season 2 if there are season 2s for any of these which we're pretty sure they all have them
2: oh no just just loki in this so far
1: mm-hmm. i thought oh no that's right i keep forgetting that, that was yeah
2: one like-, like they've said multiple yeah. times that there won't be another WandaVision. Yeah. there will be more wanda envisioned stories probably but it won't be in the form of wanda but
1: still the yeah. point remains that like that's a like that's a very like good observation. Like, I guess, what are they going to do yeah. now that not that shows aren't allowed to have multiple twists. Like, the Good Place had a twist at the end of every season, and all of them were mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, that is a good point.
0: Yeah, that was one of one of the other things I wrote about. Is I'm concerned about future seasons. Can they do this twice? Maybe that's uh, I really do. Maybe that's really, how Ultron what...
1: keeps existing. Right. Possibly to keep him around so he can keep fighting these battles in in the what if multiverse.
2: I mean, I would be fine if season two is just there's no connections and it's just a season of different what ifs. Mm-hmm. Right. That's I what need, I want. Yeah. I don't need there to be a myth arc. I You yes. know, just, you know, if we get just another weekly peek into fun side alternate stories, that's enough for me. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend who said that he thought that this episode made every other episode before it better. And I don't think this episode changed anything I about agree. any of no, the previous episodes. So.
0: That's what I'm getting at when I say it was smart, is that those episodes are self-contained, but it appears that they are then going to pull from those episodes for this coming episode. Yeah. And and so it does not retroactively change those episodes, but it is going to use what they created. Chris, what you
1: said a second ago too is why I thought that a, a season two of WandaVision could work. Because I think they could have a season like that is just little spin-off episodes of hey, here's what Wanda and Vision would have done in a Buffy the Vampire style episode. Buffy the Vampire Slayer (laughs) episode. Here's what they would have done in a I don't know some other TV show. You know the what I office. mean? Like The Office, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. they and could just Age of Ultron like, was
2: just one to envision in a Buffy episode. Yeah, like they right? could just <laughs> be
1: doing stuff like that, and that could be their whole season too. Is there's nothing serious going on here? It's just here's how these two characters plus the rest of Westview would have interacted if they were pretending to be uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender for a little while.
3: Yeah, I.
2: I mean I would gladly take more if they yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I
3: think we're definitely getting some kind of team up next episode. I think we'll they'll deal with this right. As far as future seasons go, what I want from this show is I want them to be a little less abstract with their what ifs. I don't need a what if you know the Avengers lost or what if Ultron won. Like I I want real simple things. What mm-hmm. if Thor was a frog? What mm-hmm. if you know, give me give me real simple small changes, and I don't need to even see how the changes happened. What if Spider Man was really a pig? Like, give me give me really small things that changed, and then just show me that. That's all I need. Eduardo yeah. wants
1: everyone in the universe to be animals. I am. Things. I'm
3: telling you guys <laughs> that I am a furry. Uh...
0: Not <laughs> editing that out. <laughs> what, if what if Wanda was a cat girl?
3: Yeah, whatever. Meow. Um, yeah, I want really small things like like I don't I don't need them to try to go as deep as they are going with this. Like I I just want to see cool fun different things. Uh, like what if, I don't know, Iron Man had the Venom symbiote? Like what if, you know, like I just mm-hmm. like I just need fun things like that to exist. Like I don't need to know like there doesn't need to be because the when you try to make it so deep we as an audience start to be like, all right, well, it doesn't fit here. It doesn't go here because you are presenting it that way. You're presenting it as if this could be reality. I don't need you to present it that way to me. I just need you to show me cool stuff and I'll be there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And and I think, you know, this is something you brought up a bit earlier um, and it's kind of, for- I'm starting to completely understand, I think what you mean is that by tying this so closely to the MCU, you could poke holes in it more than you can in the comics where you just say, what if this happened? And you don't need to be slavishly devoted to the decades of history of the Marvel Universe. You can just be like, all right, and there's another universe and things happen differently. And anything that doesn't quite line up, you're like, it's fine, whatever. It's a different universe. But when it's specifically what... And I think this is partially from us having seen Loki. And here's the thing is we have to remember that the... Loki was not completed when they were writing the show. So they didn't necessarily have the rules set up the way that they do in Loki. We're looking in through the frame of Nexus events and branching timelines. And they're just doing a bit more of the general alternate universe thing. And yeah, there's one change, but there could be other changes too, just because that's what they need for the story. And we're thinking, well, that's just one change. How come this happened? And, you know, maybe that's on us for overthinking it. I don't know.
1: I mean, we're we're a, a fraction of the overthinking that the greater internet does. I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah. We are just but a small slice of that pie.
2: Yeah, I do think that we we t- generally tend to be a little bit more lenient about things than than certain uh, corners of the internet. I would
3: argue part of that is Marvel's fault. I think Marvel puts a lot of this stuff in here subversely. I think. Sometimes they do some stuff and sometimes they don't. So I don't fault people for having these kind of crazy theories because I don't think Marvel ever discounts them because that's what they want. They want you to have crazy theories. They want you to sort of discuss that. Now, being vitriolic and toxic about your theories is another thing completely, Mm -hmm. but I think part of the blame can be on Marvel for sort of stoking the fires a little bit sometimes. And not really kind of like shooting people down with certain things.
1: That makes me hope they continue to put things that could be perceived as Mephisto references for the rest of forever. I just want them to never use Mephisto, but always put like a devil somewhere. They don't
3: need to have a single reference. They don't need to do anything because people will find the Mephisto references on their own. There will be a cardboard box that sort of looks like it could be. Mephisto, and that will be a Mephisto reference. Somebody's
1: going to say a line like, I hate to be devil's advocate, Hawkeye. Oh and my go, god. Devil's advocate.
2: That person works for Mephisto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> MVPs! Robbie, we're going
3: to start with you. Who's your MVP for this episode?
0: There were basically two characters in this episode, so I went with the evil one. Uh, my MVP is Ultron. Uh, Peach kind of laid out all the reasons why my MVP is Ultron. It was just cool to see him again, voice acting, notwithstanding, because Chris is right on that. Um but yeah, definitely... I shouldn't say definitely, because it was actually close. But I'm going with Ultron. Um, Chris, who is your MVP?
2: I went the other direction. I went with The Watcher. It was a lot of fun watching The Watcher actually... First of all, his scene of struggling. I'm like, no, look to the left, please. The other box, you're so close. I can't... Uh, that was fun. Uh, it was like every person ever watching a horror movie going, don't go in there, you idiot! Uh, so that was, that was really amusing and then him actually taking such an active role you know this is something i've been waiting for the whole time because you just knew he was going to get in there and interfere so i'm glad that we saw that i would really love for this version of the watcher to show up in like doctor strange or something i would really love for him to be a character that actually does end up crossing over into the movies i think that would be cool uh i mean we we can see it happen in doctor strange he's a big character in the fantastic four comics. So, I mean, there, there are certainly opportunities where the watcher could cross over and I would enjoy that very much. Peaches, what about you?
1: Wait, I agree with that though. I think it'd be cool to see Jeffrey Wright as a human Uh and then, you know, doctored up however they would doctor him up in the live Mm -hmm. action MCU. That would be cool. Also, I like him from Westworld, so I just want him in things. Um, I went with, with the, the evil side. I went with Ultron just because, like I said earlier, I think it's cool to have a story that feels more serving for fans of Ultron that didn't get the thing that they probably thought they would get the first time. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think the James Spader impression is is 100% either, but I don't know. It was good enough for me. So I like I like Ultron in this episode as the MVP. I don't even know what you picked, Eduardo, because you didn't write it down.
3: I don't know what I picked either, but I'm going to bring it around town again and say it's The Watcher. I think The MVP is The Watcher this time. I think The Watcher was really cool. I think we've been waiting for the watcher to play more of a role in these episodes so it's cool to see that the Watcher is, is there and, and i think the armor was just really what got me i think him like put it on that's like the last thing i expected i was like oh shit he's ready to fight uh i thought that was cool episode ratings i'm gonna start with you peach what'd you rate this episode of what if i don't remember
1: just kidding i remember i gave this episode eight half thanoses out of ten Chris. So four Thanoses. Yeah, four Thanoses, but eight half Thanoses. Depending okay. on how you slice okay. it. you have Chris, what did you do?
2: I gave it 7.5 DLC arrows out of 10. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, d- downloadable content for you non-gamers out there. Robbie, how about you?
0: Uh, I gave it eight Kirby Crackles out of 10. Eduardo? And I'm going to give it 7.5. He should be dead.
2: I <laughs> love it.
3: Uh, rankings. Chris, we'll start with you. What's your ranking?
2: I was not super high on this episode. I liked it. I liked it just fine, obviously, but uh, it's one of the lesser episodes for me, maybe partially because it felt like a part one, which is fine. Uh, my favorite stuff was the watcher getting all involved. Uh, so for me, uh, it's Dr. Strange to Lord party, Thor, zombies dead avengers captain carter ultron killmonger uh, how about you robbie
0: um i have an announcement to make my rating has changed
2: i've come I'm, to make an announcement
0: i'm caught up on the podcast from when i was gone and i rewatched a couple episodes and so i'm switching um for the reasons that peach has actually said on the podcast i wasn't there zombies is my number one um so we're going zombies then to charles star lord star lord then dr Tr- strange then frat thor and that's still kind of setting as my top tier. Tiers are starting to to arrange themselves. Uh, cuz Fifth is going to be finale Part 1. Um, and then Killmonger, Captain Carter and Dead Adventures. Peach.
1: Wow, I'm an influencer. That's neat. Um I put this one third on the list of 8 right now. Um so it's Doctor Strange Zombies and then this one and then the rest. I won't do the whole order. I just like that um I just like that this tied everything together and I think I think The second part of this finale is going to keep tying things together. And um, I'm sure that one, if they do it properly, will end up in the top as well. Um, Mm. So I I don't know. I I think it served itself and it served the greater story. It's a pretty good episode. Eduardo?
3: Yeah, to add in my last week episode, Frat Thor goes to the very top for me. Uh, And then this one, I feel like it, for me, it, it, it didn't do it for me. I think this is the episode before the episode that I think is gonna do it for me. I think this episode was okay. But I think uh, because it is leading into something else, it doesn't really stand on its own very well. And so it's it's a little towards the bottom for me. It's not as bad as Dead Avengers or Captain Carter, but but it's among that that group. Maybe at the top of that group, but among those.
1: Among us. There is one imposter. Oh, shit. Well,
3: that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. If you want to email the show, you can email at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash assemblyrequired. Huge shout out to our Avengers-level patrons, Brian and Riley. Follow the show on Twitter at assemblycast. You can follow all of us individually. D underscore peaches for peaches. Uh, Gator 2010 for Chris. Philkid 3 for Robbie. And ABCD Eduardo 1 for myself. How's going to do it? For myself, for Robbie, for Chris, for Peaches. We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody.
2: Excelsior. Hell Hydra. The
3: That motherfucker should have died.
0: John Elway was drafted by the Colts, and John Elway said, well, if you draft me, I'm not going to play for you because you are the Colts. And they drafted him anyway, and then he said, okay, have fun. I'm going to go play baseball. And instead, he got drafted by the Yankees. And he was just straight up just going to play baseball instead of play for the damn Colts. Uh, and the Colts traded him to the Broncos. And then Bo Jackson did the same thing. Bo Jackson did the exact same thing, only even funnier, because Bo Jackson got drafted by the Bucks and said – no, you are the Bucks, and, and so Bo Jackson <laughs> went to play baseball. And the Colts buckled and traded traded John Elway like a couple of days after the draft. The Bucks did not buckle. The Bucks said, "No, nah, no, nah, you'll come crawling back." And he went to become an All Star baseball player. And so, so, and then, then, eventually, the he entered the draft, got drafted by the Raiders, played baseball and football at the same time. And yeah,
2: but and became the cheat code in tech football. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and probably would have been a Hall of Fame football player if he didn't get hurt. He was just he was an okay baseball player, but mm-hmm. an okay Hall of Fame baseball player. <laughs> he probably would not have been a Hall of Fame baseball player, but he was. I mean, he was a Hall of Fame, fo- likely Hall of Fame football player who was also could play was good enough to be a starter in Major League Baseball at the same time. Uh, yeah, and that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Deion yeah, Sanders. Uh, Deion Sanders um, guys, played
1: Michael Jordan played basketball, okay. Okay. baseball, and was yes. a movie star. Yeah, so. he played single-a baseball, he yes. He played golf. And golf. He played golf. <laughs> he played four things.
0: Deion Sanders played a World Series game and an NFL game in the same day. It's Yikes.
1: That's wild. And he well. Will been... Jackson
2: is in Nissan commercials. Well That's true.
1: Dijon yeah. Sanders is when you put mustard on your KFC.
2: (laughs) Wait, hold on.
0: I'm gonna start doing that that now in honor of one of my favorite childhood players.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I broke Chris for a second.